time of year can be a hard time for a lot of people because of all the things they've gone through, the stresses of the year, the stresses of the moment. I think how often it would just be nice to have a little peace and quiet, wouldn't it? Just to relax and say, ah. we think of peace as being that which means calm and relaxed and, and, and no issues. But the Bible has a different concept of peace. That's what we're going to look at this morning because it says Jesus came to bring us peace. The passage of scripture we're going to look at is in the book of Matthew, Old Testament book, Old Testament prophet, Matthew 5, verses 2 to 5. First part of verse 5. It says this, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who will be our ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time she was in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. Bethlehem means house of bread. It, it was a, a, a town that kind of describes the area that it was situated in. Okay? The surrounding valleys had all kinds of had mountains and vineyards and different kinds of things in it. Uh, in fact, if you approached it, it was a, just a nice rolling area with fertile hills. And if you come close to Bethlehem, you could see, I guess, Herod built a castle on the highest hill overlooking the city. And it made it just have a, have a pretty place to look. And there was almond trees that would be in bloom. And at times you could smell the flowers. And that was, a, it was a, just a beautiful place to be, the, the kind of the, the farm belt of Israel. But think about it, into this town, into this area, came thousands of visitors. Now, Bethlehem would probably have been a little larger than Belleville, okay? It wasn't a big town. So I'm sure it, that these thousands of visitors coming in, because David had a large family, he had to come and, 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 you know, sign up for the census. I'm sure they overwhelmed, what, the holiday inns and travel lodges of that day. And can you imagine all the noise of camels and donkeys and everything else that was going on? All these people trying to find a place to stay. And what a horrendous noise it was to everybody. And God says, into this place, I'm sending my little child who will be their peace. They probably needed peace kind of at that point, didn't they? They needed some kind of peace of heart and mind. And I think, what is peace really? What is peace really all about? Because, you see, biblically, it's not always the, an- the absence of, of, of noise. It's not always the absence of, uh, of, of pain. The word in both the Hebrew and the Greek has a concept of being whole. Shalom. All of you have heard shalom, right? It's the greeting that if you're Jewish, you would give somebody. Shalom, it means peace. The word shalom and the Greek word is Irene. Know anybody named Irene? Her name means peace. Okay? It starts with the idea of wholeness. It has a concept of being whole, being complete, of being healthy, being safe. It's an attitude of heart and mind and spirit rather than what's going on around you. It speaks to mental, emotional, and spiritual health. It comes from a growing relationship with the God of peace. So shalom is wholeness, completeness, because you have a relationship with the God of peace. Here's what it says. Listen to some of these scriptures. In Psalms 85, it says, I will listen to what the Lord God will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints. Psalms 29, 11, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. John 16, 33, Jesus says, I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, 
but take heart, I've overcome the world. Second Thessalonians says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. So we're in this season of the year where God says, I am bringing you wholeness. I am bringing you completeness. I am bringing you health. I mean, ways to just kind of keep your mind all together, your hearts all together, and not get so fragmented by life. You ever feel fragmented by life? Kind of pull here, there, and yonder, and everywhere else? We, dis- we need to re- rediscover the shalom of God. Because I'm learning now that I'm not quite as old as you are, Carl. Okay? But I'm learning as I'm getting more mature. I don't like to call it older. It's mature, Chuck. That life and people and things have a way of stealing your peace if you're not careful. Have stealing your, a way of stealing your wholeness. And we begin to buy in even the things of the world around us. It says, you know, you're not really anybody. You're not really complete if you don't have more money or more success or, or more friends or whatever. And when we think that way, there's an emptiness that invades our hearts because we buy into that thing. I have to have this to be whole. I have to have this to be complete. I have to have this to be liked. I have to have this to have peace. And the truth of the matter is you can't have all that. And God sometimes in our lives allows us to deal with the emptiness of our hearts to let us see we are fragmented in so many different directions. We're pulled in so many different ways. And we don't have peace. You see, if we ourselves call ourselves Christians, that means we're followers of the Christ. We know our God in heaven, our Father in heaven, our Abba in heaven. And if we stop and say, you know what? I'm really being pulled in too many different directions. I don't need to be pulled in one. What direction do I need to be pulled in? Towards Jesus, right? Towards God. That's the direction I need to be pulled in. And if I let that happen, if I start letting myself just be pulled towards Jesus, then all of a sudden all these other things begin to fall in their proper place. Begin to discover the peace of the prince that he offers us. Let me borrow a computer term. You guys are computer geeks. I won't make you raise your hand. But if you ever talk to somebody, you ever call somebody, hey, my computer's running slow? And they say, well, have you defragged it lately? Ever heard that term, defrag? Kind of a computer term, right? What happens is, I guess, if you, you know, put a program on a hard drive and it starts putting data into that program, as the hard drive fills up, it starts putting it in different spots on that hard drive, Okay. And so now as the program's trying to find the data you're asking for, it may have to go here, there, or any place on that hard drive to find that data. Okay? It gets fragmented. It's pulled, it's strung out in all different directions. To defrag the hard drive means you let it run a program that says, okay, we need to run here a little bit and find all these bits and pieces of information that goes with this program. Let's pull them together and put them in the program. Pull them where they, so they're closer on the hard drive. Make sense? Okay. What happens in our lives, we get all strung out. We get pulled in so many different directions. We get fragmented in, by life. And we need to stop realizing we're pulled in so many different directions with so many different thoughts and feelings and needs. And God comes along and says, if you really want to be whole, if you really want to be complete, if you want to be healthy, let me defrag your life. Let me work in your life to begin to pull you back together again. Let me help you slow down a little bit. Let me help you think about where your life is really going, what's really important. Let me show you the power of a a deeper relationship with me. 
Because you see, it, sometimes the little child from Bethlehem shows up on our doorstep and there's really no room for him in that moment because we're so fragmented with everything else in life. Just making sense? Isn't it interesting? Jesus himself, the creator of everything, the one, the sustainer of all things, showed up on, in the world he made. He was about to be born. And he comes into, the, into this little town and there's no room for him to be born. His own world didn't have a place for him because there was so much stuff going on, so many people with needs. I mean, think of the housekeeper. You know, they show up and knock on his door. This guy says, well, you know, goodness, you know, up, up on the rooftop up here, I've got, I've got, you know, rich Uncle Eddie and I can't kick him out of the, out of the rooftop because he's paying me well. And in and, and, and my, my room back over here, I've got, you know, Aunt Esther, and there's nothing I can do about her. You know, she's going to pay me a little better, but I can't kick her. What am I going to do? I have no place. The king of forever showed up on his door, and he's so caught up in life, so caught up in being pulled and taking care of this need and that need and this thing and that thing, that he didn't have room. For the king of his life. I know what I'll do. I, I tell you what. In this day and age we say, I have a garage out there. Okay? I'll tell you what, Jesus, I'll give you the garage. Just move the motorcycle over a little bit and get the boat out of there and, you know, chase the dog out and, and we'll just put a nice blanket down on the floor and you can have the garage. Just ignore all the smells and the, and the garbage that's all in the corner. Okay? That's what I got. And sometimes our lives get so fragmented, so pulled many directions, and Jesus shows up in our day, and we miss him. We say, well, you know, I'm just going to put you over here in a corner, Jesus, because I don't have time for you right now. And we don't have peace of heart and mind and life. So how do we defrag? I like that term. How do we defrag? Well, we invest probably on those precious commodities we have in our life. No matter how rich you are, how poor you are, everybody gets, catch this, 86,400 seconds every day. 86,400 seconds every day, you have that. Okay? Don't care how rich you are, poor you are, everybody gets the same amount. And what we have to learn to do to defrag is begin to slow down and invest some of that time in Him. And say, you know, Lord, I can't remember the last time I've just slowed down to pray outside of those gimme prayers as I'm driving down the highway. Lord, give me patience with that guy in front of me. Maybe you don't pray that. But when's the last time you just slowed down, turned off the TV or the CD, the Nintendo, the Xbox, and just decide to spend some time with the Lord and invest time. Say, Lord, I just need to stop in my day. I just need a little, I just need to collect myself. I need to listen. Hmm. I wonder how we can expect to have the shalom of God in our life if we never spend time with the God of shalom, you know? 
Where are these people that want it now? You know, God, give me peace and I need it right now. Of course, maybe that's what your kids are praying about you mothers, you know. Oh, give mom some peace. God, we're going to be in trouble today. And God doesn't always work on our schedule. You ever notice that? In fact, I find God hardly ever works on my schedule. He's always on his schedule. You know, usually I'm in a hurry and God's not. And so God just says, you know, if you want the peace, you're going to have to slow down. You're going to have to spend some moments just in my presence and just let me be God. When's the last time we took time just to really read the word? We picked up the Bible and maybe we do our, our daily devotions. But when's the last time you just picked up and said, God, just... Speak to me about trusting you today, about having some wholeness in my life today, of showing me the power of, of the joy of a relationship I have with you. When was the last time we did that? Just to be and listen to the word of God. When's the last time we stopped and realized it doesn't all depend upon me? You know that? One of the greatest lines I ever heard in all my life was, it's not about you, Mike. Whoa. When's the last time we just sat down and said, you know, it really depends upon God. God's in control, isn't he? God's the one who has it all together, doesn't he? God knows what he's doing, doesn't he? So can I trust the God who knows all, sees all, and is everywhere present? Can I depend upon him to have everything in control? Maybe if I just spend a little time reading the word. I mean, we spent a lot of time reading the Word today. When Krista read Isaiah 35, that's one of my favorite passages in the Scripture. You know? Strengthen feeble hands, save the knees that give way. Say that those who have fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come, He'll come with divine vengeance. It's like, yeah. You know? To have that here. To know the strength of God's, God's life here means I don't have to get all fret and all worried up. I don't have to be fragmented by life. I can be together in God. The other passage, it's interesting this morning. You thought we collaborated on this, Crystal. But the one passage I really want to look at is Philippians 4, 4 to 8 that they read. Rejoice in the Lord always. You like that? doesn't say rejoice in, in the good times and then kind of frown in the bad times. doesn't say whine when nothing's going your way. Doesn't say get all uptight because God's not answering your prayer your way. It says rejoice in the Lord occasionally, always. Well, I get up this morning. I'm ten minutes late for work. I got four flat tires. Praise the Lord! What a day this is going to be. God's in all this somewhere, right? I mean, why not? It's a joy that's that's felt. Inwardly, but expressed outwardly. In fact, the Hebrew word for joy means to leap or spin around. Woo! Right? Hey! All right! That's why it says David danced before the Lord with all his mind. He was expressing his joy in the Lord. Something that just comes out naturally. You've got this inner attitude of, man, God is in control. I can just rejoice in this day. What a day it's going to be! Whether you're a ski bum and it's 70 degrees outside. Right? Or you're a beach bum and it's 20 outside, right? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Always. And it says, let your gentleness be known to all, for the Lord is near. I like that. To be gentle. 
in my life with my family, I've had these times you know, where, now maybe you guys aren't this way, but you're on a schedule. You're on a trip and you're on a schedule, right? We're driving down the road. I got to average 60 mile an hour, you know. We're going to stop for the bathroom. Oh, yeah, now you got five minutes. Go quick. You got, maybe none of you guys have ever been there. It's weird, I know. It's one of them, I don't know what it is. STP things or OCDC, I'm not sure what it is. You know, but it's one of those things, okay? ACDC, I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. It's one of those things. Okay, and, and you know what? In those moments, can I truly say I probably wasn't very gentle? I wasn't very compassionate, I wasn't very caring. Because I was thinking about Me. And my goals and what I needed and what I had to have and what I was expecting. You know, I was thinking about me. I was thinking about somebody's bladder that's, you know, three-year-old kid that's only about that big, you know. And he had 14 Cokes before we got in the car. I wasn't thinking about that he needed to stop and go. Hold it! I'm trying, Dad! No puddles in the car, you know. You know how it is. But if I'm rejoicing in the Lord, if I'm all together, if I get the wholeness of God, if I got his peace in my life, then his gentleness will be evident to all. I like that. It means to be right, to be fitting, to be kind, to be reasonable, right? To have courtesy, to have respect, to live with integrity. That's the idea. And if I'm all together in God and nothing out here makes me feel threatened anymore because my wholeness is in God, I've got his shalom in my heart, I can be gentle, I can be kind, I can be patient. Because you see, it comes back. It's not about me anymore. Now, if it's not about me, who's it about? Who's it? The Lord, right? I see fingers pointing up. Man, it's about Jesus, right? If we put that in our lives and say, wow, my life is really about Jesus. My, everything I'm about is about Jesus. What I'm doing is about Jesus. Think about how it would make us realize, hey, this is a wonderful life. Sounds like a good name for a Christmas show, doesn't it? And then Paul says, in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Hear that? In everything, just pray about it. Accept yourselves, rejoice in the Lord, be whole in Him, be generous to all, and just pray about everything. Then, the shalom of God, that transcends all understanding, will be like soldiers guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Hear that? You see, we go about peace the wrong way. We just want to pray about it and get it now. Kind of like, you know, when we, when we nuke our whatever in the morning, right? Our Cheerios. You don't nuke your Cheerios. Oatmeal. Nuke your oatmeal in the morning, right? We don't, we don't cook it. We just want to put it in the nucleator, get it, and then we eat it. Okay? But God says there's a process. You can't be whole. You can't be complete. Until you realize who you are in me, and you accept yourselves, accept your life, and begin to rejoice in me in all things. Okay? Learn to be gentle and kind with everybody. Pray about everything. And then my shalom, my wholeness, my healthiness, my completeness in your life will be yours. It will act as a guard over your heart so nothing can steal away your joy and peace. Well, no wonder he's our peace, right? Now, that is something to dance and sing about, isn't it? Wow. That... It's what defrags our life. 
That's what pulls all the pieces back together again so we're not strung out. Because his peace, his shalom, wraps himself around our hearts and our minds and brings us into the calming presence of Jesus and protects us from all attacks and from all pressure from the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's yours. Because you're a Christian. That's yours because you're trusting in him. That's yours because you believe. So the next time you feel stressed, stop and ask yourself and begin to pray, Lord, what's going on in my heart right now? What am I all stressed out about? It's because my kids got bladders the size of a dime. Well, you know, it really isn't about you. They got to go. And what does it matter if you only average 59.357 mile an hour, really, instead of 60? Well, do you think it'll matter when you stand before me and Mike, in heaven, Mike, that I said, you know, Mike, you really failed because you only averaged 57.935 mile an hour instead of 60 on that trip when you went up, you know, to Kentucky? No. You know, what really matters, Mike, is how you treated your kids when they had to go to the bathroom. Because you're reflecting my character, reflecting my love, reflecting my peace. Those are moments I want to avoid, if at all possible. I think there's going to be some of those in my life, obviously. But you know, when I put that all together, and I let myself be all together in Jesus... I don't have to get all frightened and upset and uptight about all these other things. It makes sense. It begins to change how I see things. You ever notice how your imagination just kind of goes away with you or runs away with you sometimes? You ever imagine all kinds of things? And you just start going and going and going and going and going. And it steals your peace. It steals your heart. remember one time feeling like a man it was a really dark moment in my life you ever notice in the darkness how you hear all kinds of noises you ever, ever notice that and in the darkness it seems like things just get magnified and blow more out of proportion they sound worse than they are they, you just know there, there's somebody in the house or whatever I remember in those moments and like when God showed up And I imagined a candle glowing in that dark. I remember, you know, as your eyes adjust that candle, I remember looking and there was God. I could see the gentleness in his eyes. I kind of felt this. He said, child, I'm here. You need not be afraid. Don't fear that which goes bump in the night. I'm shining in your darkness, revealing that there's nothing there but your fears. Allow my perfect love to cast out all your fears and rest easy in my love. Let the light of my word shine in your life and my peace will guard your heart. You know, when you realize that God is everywhere and God always cares, don't let your imagination run wild. Don't let Satan get in there, yourself get in there and imagine all kinds of things. It steals your peace. Because God is at work in everything in our lives. You knew that. Let me end with this. Landon is an 11-year-old little boy. Nine months ago, he lost his best friend, Luke, to a brain hemorrhage. And Luke goes to his mom. He says, Mom, I would really like 
Landon, I mean, goes to his mom and says, Mom, I'd really like to write Luke a letter. She thought maybe writing a letter would help him deal with his grief and his loss. So she said, okay. And she got out paper and colored pencils. and says, just tell Luke how you feel. Tell God how you feel. And so he began to write out. And he, he, drew, he wrote every line in a different color. He drew little pictures around the sides of the margin. It was a work of love, a work of art. And when he got done, he folded up. He said, Mom, I, I know it can't really happen, but I would really, I'd really like to, to find a way to give my letter to Luke some way, somehow. Mom, maybe if, I, if we got a balloon, I tied it to a balloon and released it, and it went up to heaven. Maybe I'd, I, I know it really can't get there, but maybe I would feel like you know, God's going to get the letter and give it to Luke. And so his mom thought, that's a good idea. So Lana and his mom went down to the local store. They bought a, he, he picked out a beautiful pink balloon filled with helium, and tied the letter to the bottom of the balloon. And they went up. They lived out in in the high desert. They went up on a a butte, see some of the mountains in the distance. And they released the balloon, and it kind of danced away, and they stood there and watched it. It It's a dark, cloudy day. So I could see the pink up against the dark clouds. And Landon said, Mom, I just wish something would happen to let me know God got it. Well, Mom, being practical, said, well, I wish you did too, but it's probably not going to happen. Just, just trust it. Somehow, you'll get your letter. And, and it was going and going. It just got a little bit. And all of a sudden, this, this opening in the clouds is like that. And the balloon goes through the opening. And Landon says, Mom, did you see that? Luke got my letter. And Mom said there was such a peace in their heart at that moment. Because God had showed up and spoken to their hearts. I believe in a God who does that. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you need. But if you just need to defrag. Crystal, I I know it's a kind of short notice. I'm going to invite you to come up. I feel like I should give a chance for an altar response this morning. Is she here? I told her this might happen. I just feel like maybe there's just some of you just need to come up and say, you know, I really, I really just need some peace in my heart right now. I just really need to kind of let go and defrag. I don't know. Maybe God's touching you somewhere. I invite you. There's two alders up here. You can come up, kneel at the alders, sit in the front chair, and just come quietly and just ask the Lord to just kind of pour out his peace upon your heart and mind. To say, God, I don't, you know where my life's at right now, but I just want to trust you. I just want to depend upon you. I just want to lean upon you in that moment. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for the chance of peace in our hearts and minds. Lord Jesus, I pray right now in the quiet of the moment that, Father, you'll draw us to you And let us, Father, just discover your peace deep in our hearts. Your peace that passes all understanding. 